Are you ready for the word this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's get right into it today. You know, we kicked off this year with an emphasis talking about how we are better together. And the majority of that has been talking about our relationship with one another. That, that God has called us to work together, to build one another up, to encourage one another uh, in our faith. But I want to talk to you this morning about a different relationship. I want to take a few minutes to talk to you about uh, some folks that I really think you need to get connected with. In fact, I want to speak to you about a group of individuals that, that God invites us to walk with, that God himself invites us to fellowship with. Now, here's the thing you need to know right up front. Just like any relationship, this relationship takes effort. you you got to cultivate it. It's not, it's not just there. You gotta work at it. You gotta, uh, get to know people. If you wanna have a relationship, you gotta work at it. You get to get to know people. It requires time. It requires effort. But here's, here's the good news. If you'll take the time, if you'll put the effort in to get to know the people that I'm gonna talk to you about today, what you're gonna get out of it is you're gonna garner an incredible amount of wisdom to help you in anything that you might face in this life. If you'll cultivate a relationship with these individuals, if you'll be intentional about it, they'll help you to avoid the pain and the pitfalls that we tend to fall into. Not only will they help you to avoid the mistakes, but the real blessing is they will help you to learn from their successes. They'll lead you by modeling an example for you of how to succeed. What are the people I'm talking about? I'm talking this morning about some of my best friends. My mentors. I'm talking about my personal life coaches. I'm talking about the men and the women of the Bible. The men and the women that we see played out in the scripture, their stories are here for us. How many of you remember, uh, maybe some of the older folks would remember, the motivational speaker, Charlie Tremendous Jones? Anybody anybody know him? Okay, YouTube him. Charlie Tremendous Jones. He's got some great little clips. He was a motivational speaker. And one of the things that he often said, I mean, almost everywhere he went, he would say this statement. He would say, five years from now, you'll be the same person you are today, except for the books you read, And the people you meet. And I believe there's a lot of truth to that statement. The books you read and the people that you meet. So here's where I'm headed today and for the next couple of weeks. Here's where I'm headed. Here's what I want for you in your personal life. It's what I want for me in my life as well. I want to encourage you to surround yourself with the wisest counselors in the world. I want you to surround yourself with the wisdom of the ages. And I want you to do it every day. I want to do it every day to sit down at the feet of these wise counselors. And all you have to do to have the wisest counsel of the ages is open up this book. That's all you have to do. In just a moment, in fact, if you want to turn there now, you can. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But before I get there, I want you to see a verse up on the screen here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Look at this verse. It says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did 
By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. Now, we know who, who Abel is, right? I mean, Abel is almost as old as time. I mean, the Bible tells us in the beginning, God created man in his own image, male and female. He created them. Well, that first male and female, Abel called mom and dad. He's been around for a long, long time. Abel's the first person in the history of mankind to die. That's how old this this reference is that you're looking at. But yet, look at the next part of the verse. It says, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. Did you know Abel wants to talk to you today? That you have the opportunity to have a conversation with the first person who ever died. Even though he's dead, he still speaks. Listen, if you want to know if God cares about how or what you bring as an offering to him, talk to Abel. Abel can tell you that God cares about your offering. The Bible says God spoke well of his offering. Abel knows something that we can learn from his life. If you've ever felt like the reward wasn't worth the sacrifice that you were making, you ought to have a conversation with Abel because he still speaks. And Abel was the first person to be martyred for the truth. And he knows what it feels like to have your life and your potential cut short. But you know what? The Bible also says that he's the first to be mentioned in Hebrews 11, the Faith Hall of Fame. He can talk to you about what it is to uh, lay up your crowns for an eternal reward. And can I tell you this morning that Abel is not the only one that wants to speak to you. This book is full of men and women who have wisdom to share even though they're dead. They have wisdom to share with you. At the end of Hebrews 11, it says this. Look at this on the screen. Verse 39 and 40 says, These were all, talking about all the men and women in that faith hall of fame, starting with Abel. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. (coughs) They were all commended, but none of them received what had been promised. Look at the next verse. Since God had planned something better for us, So that only together with us would they be made perfect. Now, I don't know if any of the words in that verse jump out to you. You can leave that one up there. But when I read that, a couple of the verses, words stuck out to me. I'm going to emphasize it for you. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us we would be made perfect. God had something planned for their life. And they were people of faith, but they died not having received the promise. Why? Because God had something better that they could only receive together with us. Now, for the whole first part of this year, I've been talking about being better together with the family of God. But can I tell you, there's a whole nother company that Hebrews 12 calls the great cloud of witnesses. And we are better when we're together with them in God's word. Every day, there's an unfulfilled destiny on their lives. They haven't received the promise because we haven't lived out ours yet. And when we get together with them, their testimony builds our faith so that all of us one day will stand in the presence of Jesus and receive a reward. Amen? We're better together. 
with the men and women of the Bible. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians 10. I want to look at this chapter, and i got to be honest, I'm, I'm resisting the urge right now to just read all of it. I was trying to pick out one or two verses that could emphasize the point I want to make to you, but I just can't say it any better than the Apostle Paul does. So uh, go with me to the very first verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's Paul's desire, and I will say amen to this. I do not want you to be ignorant. Amen. (laughs) Me neither. I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and they all ate from the same spiritual food and drank from the same spiritual drink from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. That rock was Christ. Here's what Paul's saying. Hey, church, you need to remember that you're not the first ones to do this thing. If you look in the Old Testament, the same way that we were brought through the waters of salvation in baptism, they were brought through the waters of salvation when they crossed over the Red Sea. God delivered them out of bondage in Egypt the same way He delivered us out of bondage in sin. He brought them into a promised land the same way He's bringing us into a promised land. The same way they drink water from a rock, that rock is Jesus Christ and we drink the living water of salvation today. Is anybody getting the parallel? Man, I'm preaching better than you guys are talking today. Here's what he's saying. Your story is like their story. The stuff they went through is like the stuff that you're going through. Now, why is he saying that? Look at verse 6. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us. Do you know God wants to keep you from some things? He doesn't want you to fall into the same pitfalls that others have fallen into. He doesn't want you to learn every lesson the hard way. These things occurred in their life so that we could be better. He said, they keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. And then he begins to list, and I won't read them all, but you can take time to read it yourself. All the things that we're not to do, all the things that we're to keep from, from being idolaters and, and all of these other things. And then look down at verse 11. It says, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. God knew in this dispensation as the church, we're living in the culmination of the ages that we need all the help we can get. And so he said, these things were written down. For what? Did you ever wonder why we have a Bible? You're the reason. I'm the reason. Paul said the reason that we have the Word of God is for our benefit. So that we don't fall into the same pitfalls they fell into. That's why the Old Testament is important. Amen? That's why when you read your Bible, don't just pick out your favorite book and always read that one. Because you miss out on the full revelation. It was all written down for your counsel. That's why at the beginning of the year we encouraged you to get a Bible reading program. And we still have them out there at the information center. But the point of getting that is so that I can get the full counsel of the Word of God. That I don't miss the lessons of the minor prophets. There's something that God wants me to learn. There's something that God wants to protect me from in His Word. So then Paul goes on to say in verse 12, So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. 
No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Isn't that good news? You're not going to be tempted beyond what you can bear, but he's not finished. He says, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So here's the deal. God is faithful. Yes, you're going to be tempted, but God has made a way of escape for you. But can I tell you that God's way of escape is his wisdom? God's way out is his wisdom. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. God's wisdom is his word. He's made a way of escape for us. But we have to find it. We have to seek the truth. Listen, here's what I've learned to be true. I'm sure you have too. Life gives us a choice of instructors. You can learn from two different instructors. Very different, but both effective teachers. And you have a choice of choosing. And if you decide not to choose which teacher you're going to learn from, the second one will be chosen for you. And those two teachers are wisdom and consequences. And you get to choose which one you want to learn from. I can either learn from wisdom or I can learn from consequences. But I'm going to tell you, they have significantly different teaching styles. If you've learned from consequences, you've learned that there's a huge expense for that education on the back end. By the time you actually learn the lessons that consequences wants to teach you, it may have cost you years of trouble. It may have cost you years of, of, of turmoil. It may have cost you your marriage. It may have cost you your children or, or your health. You'll learn the lesson. But there's an incredible cost on the back end that you're going to have to pay if you decide to enroll in the school of hard knocks and get your education from consequences. The thing is... Consequences are good teachers. You can even learn about God from consequences. David did. He suffered consequences, and here's what he said about it. In Psalm 119, verse 67, he says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I obey your word. And listen to this. In Psalm 119, verse 71, he goes on to say, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. It was good for me. You ever, you ever learned a lesson taught by consequences? At the time, you didn't say it was good. At the time, you suffered. At the time, you hurt. At the time, you might have even been frustrated and mad. But later, you can look back and say, It was good for me that I learned that lesson. I'll never do that Again. But what if you could learn the lesson and not experience all the pain? What if you could learn that? What if you could get that insight? What if you could get that pearl of truth without having the heartache, without having the broken relationships, without having the fallout? That's the offer that wisdom puts on the table. That's the offer that wisdom gives us. Wisdom demands that you not pay the price on the back end, but that you pay it on the front end. Wisdom is an effective teacher as well, but you got to pay it up front. And the price for getting wisdom to be your instructor is discipline. The price for getting wisdom to be your instructor is obedience. 
It's consistency. And more than anything else, it's time. If you want wisdom to be your teacher, it's going to require time and effort that you put into it. But if you'll pay it, if you'll pay the tuition, wisdom will give you an immeasurable amount of blessing and benefit. God's going to pour into your life through wisdom. You're going to avoid a lot of heartache because of wisdom. The biggest difference between these two teachers, wisdom and and consequences, is that wisdom teaches you the lesson before you make the mistake. Consequences insist that you make the mistake first, and then you get the lesson. It's like this. Wisdom puts a fence at the top of the cliff. Consequences visits you in the hospital when you're learning how to walk again. You'll learn the lesson one way or the other, but you get to choose who your instructor is. How many of you could tell a few stories about being enrolled in the school of hard knocks? We've all been there. We've all learned those lessons, but you have the choice of who's going to be your educator. Not only do you have two different kinds of teachers, there's two different kinds of pain that you can experience. Both of them cause suffering. The difference between two types of pain is one of them sets you back and the other pushes you forward. There's a pain that is profitable. And these two types of pain are discipline and regret. Discipline and regret. Both hurt. Both are hard. But Paul talks about the difference in 1 Corinthians, and or 2 Corinthians rather, Just one book to the right, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul explains to a bunch of immature believers that there is a beneficial pain, that not all pain is bad, and that it's up to us if we want to learn from discipline or if we want to learn from regret. Here's what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, look at verse 8. He says, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. See, they had all kinds of dysfunction going on in this church, and Paul wrote them a pretty scathing letter. I mean, he he stepped on their toes. He he burned them a little bit, and he knew it hurt him. And he said, at first I was was a little guilty that that I hurt you, but not for long because I saw what the effect was. Look at verse 9. Yet now, I'm happy. Not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Look, here it is, verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation, and it leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Hear me, church. Sitting down at the feet of spiritual mentors, opening up the Word of God and digging into it, that takes discipline. That may even include an element of pain. Maybe it means setting the alarm 30 minutes early. Maybe it means staying up late. Maybe it means uh, skipping one of your favorite uh, 15 shows that you have recorded. I don't know what the pain feels like for you, but there is pain involved. 
And oftentimes that's the pain that keeps us from diving in and gaining the wisdom of the ages. But the reality is, it's a choice. What's the alternative? Consider the alternative. The pain of discipline is far less than the pain of regret. I'm going to say that again because I know somebody wanted to say amen and you just missed the moment. The pain of discipline is far less than the pain of regret. Isn't that the truth? And we know that's true. That's, that's just, that just makes so much sense to us. We get that when we say it. It resonates with every one of us. And yet it's the pain of discipline that oftentimes we fail to endure. I want to challenge you today. Endure whatever pain discipline might bring to you so that you can be taught by wisdom and not by consequences. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, I, I love this verse. I mean, this is like you can't make it any more simple than simple. I love this verse. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Isn't that great? I don't, what do I do? What do I do to get wise? What do I do to learn how to make better choices? Get wisdom. Well, what's the first step to getting wisdom? Get some. I love that. Get wisdom. And then he goes on. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. He's saying, look, get it. Just get it. It doesn't matter what it costs. Don't worry about the excuses. Just get it. Get wisdom. Well, how do I know the will of God for my life? Get wisdom. How do I avoid the same pitfalls and traps that I always fall into? Get wisdom. How do I learn how to be a better spouse? Get wisdom. How do I learn how to be a better parent? Get you some wisdom. Well, where do I get wisdom? Get wisdom. Don't make excuses. Just get it. Well, where do we get it? We get it in God's Word. God's wisdom is God's Word. God's wisdom is God's word. Look at Proverbs chapter 2 real quick. I, I love the Proverbs. I, I just want you to bookmark this so you can take time to meditate on it later. But Proverbs chapter 2 communicates to us how important and effective the wisdom of God is. <clears throat> Solomon, Jesus said, was the wisest man to, to ever live. And he's communicating to his son what's really important. And he says this in Proverbs chapter 2. My son, verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. And, verse 4, if, can we all say if? If. You look for it, wisdom, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for a hidden treasure, then, can we all say then, you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. He's saying, son, listen, this is so important. You gotta go looking for wisdom like silver. You gotta go mining it out. You gotta dig it out. You gotta search for it. And if you'll do that, and only if you'll do that, then here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna get understanding. You're gonna understand the will of God. All of a sudden, you're gonna find the knowledge of God. 
And, and you ought to just take some time this week to, to pray through Proverbs chapter 2 because he goes on to explain all the things that wisdom will give you. In verse 6, he says, The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success. In store for the upright. If you want success, get wisdom. It says he is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. He guards us. If you want protection, get wisdom. Then verse 9 says you'll understand what is right and just. Every good path. You want direction? Get wisdom. For wisdom, verse 10 says, will enter your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you. And understanding will guard you. Wisdom, verse 12 says, will save you. And then he goes through all the things it's going to save you from. You need to get wisdom. There are plenty of benefits that wisdom can offer you that you can't afford to pay when you learn from consequences. You don't have that many bones to break. You don't have that many relationships to destroy. You can't afford to continue to enroll in the education of consequences. God has given us His wisdom. Wisdom waits for you, church, every day. It waits for you right here in the pages of this book. It waits for you. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 24, The statutes of the Lord are my delight. You are my counselors. God wants to counsel you with His word. And I just tell you, you don't have to learn every lesson from the consequences and experience the regret. You don't have to learn all those lessons that way. There's people that have been through it. There's people that have experienced the consequences and lived with the regret. I mean, if you want to learn what, what greed can do in your life, sit down and have a long talk with Achan, who saw the Babylonian garment and the wedge of gold and he, and he hid it. And he was judged, and his whole family was judged because of greed in his life. You don't, you don't have to learn from consequences and experience the regret in your life from making impulse decisions. All you need to do is sit down with a good mentor. Sit down with Esau and ask him how many times he regretted that impulse decision to sell his birthright for a bowl of beans. He'll gladly tell you about the woes of learning from consequences and dealing with regret. You don't have to learn lessons on your own about satisfying impure sexual desires. Don't wait for consequences to teach you that lesson. Just sit down and talk to Samson. He'll tell you. He lost his anointing. He lost his calling. He lost his strength. He lost his hair and even his eyeballs in the lap of a woman he should have never been with. He'll tell you how bad it hurts. You don't have to go there. We have the wisdom of the ages in the Word of God. I want to show you another verse. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. This is, a, this is an awesome verse that reiterates what I'm trying to get you to understand that is available for us. It says this, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Just picture that in your mind. This is, this is the, this is the offer. It's hope. 
That's the offer on the table. We have hope. How do we get it? We get it through the encouragement of the Scripture. Can I tell you that, that God's native tongue is encouragement? It's the language that He speaks. He wants to encourage you so that you can have hope. But if you only have the encouragement of Scripture and you don't have the application of Scripture on your end, it's like trying to ride a bicycle with one pedal. I mean, God's encouraging you in the Word. But the only way you make progress is if you put your foot in the step of obedience. And you begin to activate and apply the Word of God in your life. God is speaking encouraging. But it's up to us to walk in obedience to the Word. Last, last story I want to make mention of. And then I want to pray for you today. There's a parable that Jesus taught dealing with this very thing. And many of you, you know this because you learned a song about it when you were just a kid in toddler's church. But it's the story in Luke chapter 6 of the wise and the foolish builder. How many of you remember that story? Jesus explains what it's like to receive the instruction of God's word. That pedal is set in motion. God's word is coming to your life. But then he expresses the difference in a person who puts their other foot on and begins to pedal in obedience to the word versus the one who finds himself standing still. And he paints the analogy through two builders. And I want to read this to us. It's in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. says, Jesus speaking to these people. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you do not do what I say. There's a lot of people that would call themselves Christian. But they're not walking in obedience to God's word. Jesus says, why do you do that? And then he goes on to say, let me tell you how unproductive it is that you're doing that. He says in verse 47, As for everyone who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They're like a man who was building a house who dug, who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was built well. That's, that's what the person is like who hears the word, and puts it into practice. But then he goes on. In the next verse he says. Verse 49. But the one who hears my word. And does not. Put them into practice. Is like a man who built a house on the ground. Without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck. That house. It collapsed. And its destruction was complete. Now, Jesus was saying a whole lot in that moment, but let me just mention a couple of things. One, he was saying storms are coming to everybody. Wise builder, foolish builder, they both got rained on. The storm is going to hit your life, not optional. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. That's scripture. But you don't have to be taken out by it. Jesus said the difference is not in what they endured. The difference is not in whether they heard the word or not. The word came to both. There's people that are wise and foolish in this church right now. Now don't point to anybody, but they're here. And you can't tell by what they hear. You're all hearing the same thing. And you can't tell by the stuff that you deal with. Because we're all dealing with things. The difference is when the storm is past. When the bad weather subsides. We look at your life 
some of you will have built your life on a firm foundation because you didn't just hear the word. You didn't just hear the scripture. You didn't just hear the encouragement. You put your foot on the pedal of application. You began to do the word. You began to put it into practice. You heeded the counsel. You didn't just hear the counsel. You heeded the counsel. And you're able to stand. But others, they, they have the word. I mean, it sits in the backseat of their car from Sunday to Sunday. They have a Bible. They have the word. They have access to spiritual mentors. They could enroll in the school of wisdom. But they haven't applied it. So they're dealing with regret and they're suffering from an education of consequences. And the difference is in the doing. I said the difference is in the doing. And maybe you're here today and, and you feel like Jesus just described your life. Wind and waves, been there, done that. Heard the word, yep, been in church before. Devastated, that's me. I want to tell you today, God, the Bible says in Hebrews 3, is the builder of everything. And the good news for you is that God can put things back together again. I said he can put it back together again. So maybe you've been through the storm, maybe you heard the word, maybe you went to the school of hard knocks, maybe you're here today and you're hurting, and I'm not helping because I'm just making you feel bad for all the missed opportunities you had. You want thanks a lot for reminding me of what I should have done. <laughs> but that's not my point. God can make all things new. And and if you'll just if you'll just begin to obey the word that you hear right now. God's not going to hold you under his thumb of past mistakes. He's not going to keep you down in a, in, a, in a lifetime filled with regret and remorse. And I can't believe you blew it, you missed it. No, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news. Because to get in, all you got to do is call his name. You say, well, I wish I was in Christ Jesus because I feel a lot of condemnation. You call on his name and you're in. And he takes all the pieces of your life that are floating adrift and he begins to put them back together. But this time, with the wisdom of the ages, you don't just hear the word. You say, I'm going to apply the word. I'm not just going to ask for a, 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 a spiritual get-out-of-jail-free card. I'm not going to ask God to just you know, take away the regret. I'm going to apply the wisdom from the lessons I learned the hard way, and I'm going to avoid the pitfalls by enrolling in the school of wisdom. If you're here today and you say, you know what, the regret story, that's my story, and you want a new one, I want to invite you right now to obey one word from God. See, the way to get wisdom is to just get it. Don't worry about the wisdom you don't have. Get the wisdom that's right here, that's available. Get the low-hanging fruit of obedience today. And God will teach you the rest. And here it is. Here it is. Jesus said, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I don't have all the wisdom, but I got that verse. Romans 10. If we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. I don't know everything, but, but I hear that. 
If I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I'll be saved. If I confess my sins, He'll forgive my sins. Just believe the wisdom that's right in front of you today. I want to pray for you. I want to ask you to bow your head all over this room. And I just want to pray specifically for someone that might be here today that you, you need God to put things back together again. You did not survive the last storm that came into your life. If that's you and you say, I just need Jesus to, I just need Jesus to put it back together. I need Jesus to give me another chance to put me back up on my feet to help me to build on a firm foundation. If that's you and man, you've heard God speaking to you specifically for the last 10 minutes, that's you. This is your moment right now without any hesitation, without any contemplation, any further. Just, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I need Jesus right now to forgive me of my sins. Praise God. And to give me another chance. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, you can put your hand back down. Thank you so much for just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, hearing His voice. He's calling out to some of us. You know it and I know it. We need, we need to hear the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God says to us, confess, be honest with me. I mean, just lay it out there. Be honest with me. Confess. And I'll forgive. Acknowledge me. And I'll acknowledge you. I'll save you. I'll I'll forgive you. I'll heal you. It's the wisest thing you could do. The wisest thing you could do is to be honest with yourself and to be honest with God. And to not put off obedience but to say right now today I'm going to obey I'm going to obey God I hear him speaking I'm going to obey God anyone else I'm going to ask for the last time you you would say that's me today I I need Jesus to to give me a fresh start I need a fresh start praise God praise God I want to invite everybody in this room, if you're able, would you stand to your feet with me all over this room today? God's doing a new work in people's hearts. God's calling people back to himself. That's that's what his word does. The word of God, the gospel, it's the power of God to save us. It's the only life preserver that can really bring us back in. God's doing that right now in people's hearts. So I want to pray for them. And I want every one of you to to pray with them. Pray with me. Let's say this out loud together. Say, Dear God, thank you for saving me through your son Jesus. Thank you that you can take the mess and the mistakes and the regrets and you can turn it into godly sorrow godly sorrow leads to repentance and God today I repent of my sin of my failure God today I repent for being a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word Father today I come to you to save me to forgive me 
Heal me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, church, I want to pray a closing prayer over each and every one of us because I know this about me, and I think I know it about you. We're all tempted to avoid the pain of discipline only to later suffer with the greater pain of regret. And I don't know what it is for you that you got to lean into. I don't know what pain it might require of you, but I want to challenge you in this season to pull up a seat at the feet of God's divine mentors. They want to speak to you. They want to counsel you. They want to help you avoid the pitfalls. You know what the Holy Spirit said? The Holy Spirit said, I will teach you the truth. I'll teach you the truth. Do not make the excuse again that I don't understand the Bible. That's an insult to the third person of the Trinity. You're saying, you're not capable, Holy Spirit, of teaching me. Listen, get a translation of the Bible that you can understand. And open it up. And put yourself in the story. Feel the hot sand underneath Moses' feet. Feel the water rising up above your eyeballs with Jonah. Get in the story. Open it up. Feel the Word of God in your heart and your life. And open up and say, God, meet me here. Give me wisdom. You might need wisdom for a lot of things. Things that you can't even begin to figure out. How how do I get there? You just start. You get wisdom. Today. You don't go on a a rabbit hunt God I need you to speak to me about catching up on my taxes no 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 no. you open the word you let the Holy Spirit choose what today's lesson is you just open your heart and open the word and he'll begin to teach you get wisdom Father lead us as a church God lead us as a church to dive into your word with a fresh hunger God, help us to find you in the pages and to find ourselves. God, speak to us and counsel us and guide us. Help us to avoid the pitfalls that others have already fallen into. And the only reason they haven't received their reward is because they're intended to be better together with us. Their story is to help us. And so God, help us to mine out the truth and to search for wisdom as for silver. God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the word you're going to speak to us all through this week. As we sit down at the feet of mentors. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you.